Hi out there. I'm Pat Pollitt. I'd like to welcome you to my show, Artbeat Northwest. Each week, we interview people from the visual arts or the performing arts. And this week, Tom Gormelli, sculptor, is here to talk with us. Now, Tom is known for his whimsical sculptures that incorporate wood craftsmanship with found objects and diverse materials. And he is interested in sociopolitical themes and in the human condition. Tom has been exhibiting his sculptures for over 40 years in many museums and galleries. He received his BFA from Minneapolis College of Arts and Design and an MFA from Wichita State University. And he is an NEA grant recipient for a sculpture as well as a 2015 Artist Trust Fellowship recipient. His work is in many private and public collections. Welcome to the show, Tom. Hi, Pat. Thanks. We're so happy you could come in. But before we get started with the interview, I want to talk a little bit about some art events coming up soon in our area. Now, in performance arts at Village Theater in Issaquah, starting May 9th, which is really soon, and going until June 23rd, we have the Million Dollar Quartet, and it is the blockbuster hit story of Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Carl Perkins, and it's returning to Village Theater stage at 12 years after its premiere at Village Theater. Of course, from then, it went on to New York. It was on Broadway. It was in London, across the country, winning many awards, and of course, now it's home again with all the hit songs from the 50s that you know and love. And now's your chance to see it if you didn't see it the first time or maybe see it again, right? It's going to be a great show. And remember, that's May 9th that it starts. It should be wonderful. Now, tickets are still available for a really innovative art event at Bellevue's Resonance at Soma Towers. And that's this Thursday, May 2nd. Now, last time I looked, you could still get tickets. It's from 7.30 to 9.30, and it's called Colors in Concert. Now, here's what it is. It's a woodwind quintet with wonderful players who are members from uh, Seattle Symphony, Seattle Opera Symphony, and other great orchestras, and they will explore the relationship of color to music and visual art. Now, Kimberly Adams, a local visual artist who paints with her fingers, yeah, she's a finger painter, will be creating amazing paintings inspired by the music. Now, so that goes through the whole thing. She keeps painting. She paints several paintings as they do these wonderful classical pieces. And this should be a very uplifting evening. <laughs> and you can sip a glass of wine and be inspired. This concert is part of the Sustained Music Project a group of very innovative presentations. I hope to see you there. Uh, I'll be there. And they had a few tickets left last time I checked. 
We'll be back shortly talking with Tom Grimaldi about his sculpture. Stay tuned to Artbeat Northwest. Support for Artbeat Northwest with Pat Polly comes from Pratt Fine Arts Center, offering year-round classes for youth, teens, and adults. Located in the central area, Pratt is the only facility in the Northwest where absolute beginners and established professional artists work side-by-side, creating art in glass, metal, stone, and wood sculpture, jewelry, and metalsmithing, painting, drawing, printmaking, and mixed media. Learn more and register for classes at Pratt.org. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Artbeat Northwest. We're here talking to Tom Gormley about his whimsical, sociopolitical theme sculptures and human theme sculptures. And uh, Tom, how would you explain the kind of art you do to a radio listener? Boy, that's pretty difficult. <laughs> I think you probably, that's a big job, you right? You probably have to go to my website and, and look. There's a variety of work. I think the basic thing is, though, is I use a lot of wood. And I use wood, but I use other materials in, in uh, concert with wood. I use glass, gold leaf, plastic, just about any material, steel, that you can think of. It just, when I'm working, I just follow where the work takes me. And then you use whatever materials are needed, right? right exactly. Okay, so you've used probably just about anything. Just about anything. <laughs> now, I saw your show at the fabulous new Faux Gallery in Georgetown, and it was finely crafted, provocative, and innovative. Where's the show going next? That is being packed up right now. It's going to the Blandon Museum in Iowa, and uh, I'm going to be having a two-person show at the Blandon in concert with my wife, our first two-person museum show. We've only shown once together ever. So, Well, how exciting, and I understand that you're taking over two floors of the museum. Yeah, two galleries. And why don't you talk a little bit about what you're exhibiting there. Well, we have two bodies of work. The The lower gallery will have work that's about family. Um, Malika has done paintings of our family and family gatherings for years. And uh, so she's like kind of um, followed our family and the kids who were in some of those paintings, they were youngsters. They're now college graduates, so there's this history of the family. Uh, my work is going to be uh, uh, a body of work that I did about my father's passing. I spent the last three days of my father's life with him, and I found it uh, uh, quite amazing. And he did some things during that uh, I realized that he was, you know, when he first found out that he was going to pass, I could see, sense the fear in him, but he kind of embraced it, and uh, it was a pretty amazing process. And so there's a bunch of work about that, and um, those will be indispersed among, in the gallery, uh, working in concert with Malika's paintings fam- of the family. And Malika does wonderful uh, portraiture and um, figurative painting, mm-hmm. which has kind of a modernistic touch to it. It's not the standard. I really like it. Uh, a lot of it has 
uh, different blocks of color interspersed with the people. And she really gets some very um, warm feeling Mm -hmm. from these portraits. Uh, And they're all different. Um, uh, There's a lot of, uh, one of the things that inspired her was she was involved with film before, independent film. And um, the idea of 24 frames a second in uh, film inspired and color inspired her with these paintings. So they have blocky colors. And, um, yeah, they are beautiful. Really, really nice. Now, you've received a couple of really nice awards recently for your arts. Why don't you talk about that? Well, I I received... uh, one grant from the Allied Arts Foundation. I've, I was one of three people that received their one of their grants, and it's uh, a grant, a five thousand dollar grant, to use as needed. So there's uh, no holds barred with that money, and so it's really going to help with uh, creating some new works. Oh, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I also received a fellowship, uh, the Drexler Family. Uh, fellowship uh, from the Chavita Institute. And the Chavita Institute is connected with the University of Washington. And Chavita is a hill town in Italy. And they are trying to rebuild that hill town and have architects come there from all over the world. But they also invite, invite artists to come and spend a month there. And I'm going to go there and spend a month and develop some new work. I'll be looking and at these are both this year. Well, this, congratulations. Yeah. Oh, you thanks are, very much. You are blessed. My goodness. Now, let's get back to your art that uh, everybody's so interested in. How do you get your innovative sculpture ideas? You're going to have to kind of explain <clears throat> some of these, too. Uh, but where do your ideas all come from? They're so diverse, and they're so innovative. Some are a little car- cartoonish. We were talking about that. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you seem to always be trying to get some kind of message across. Well, you know, when I first started making work, I I kind of uh, realized that I that I would be doing this for a long time, and I wanted to be able to look back and know what I was thinking and what that work was about all the way along. Most people don't think that way. Yeah. That was amazing that you you early on started thinking in that direction. Yeah. And so um, the there's different bodies of work, but I I can uh, connect it to different points of my my life mm-hmm. and what was going on not only in my life but what was going on in the world because uh, I'm I'm part of that. And right. it's part of me, and uh, that is important that that be uh, creatively expressed. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that's a good viewpoint to come from. Now, you have used an appealing white fox figure in many of your sculptures. <laughs> who, does, who does he represent? Or do you want to kind of walk around this? Well, you can walk around it if you want, but it's there. <laughs> um, in uh, twenty in November of twenty seventeen, I had open heart surgery, and um, and so there was a little bit of uh, recuperation time after that. And 
what was going on in our country was very difficult to watch. Um, and I started watching um, news channels like MSNBC and listening to what they had to say about what was going on and how upset people were. And uh, I also was would turn it over to Fox and watch what they would have to say ab- about the same things. And uh, there was no connection. <laughs> there, I was... I was <laughs> I was really flummoxed by it. And plus, <laughs> I, have, I have family members that are... Um, Probably in both directions. <laughs> yes, in both directions. And, um, and so I, wanted, I, I felt like, and, and there was a lot of talk about tribalism, mm-hmm. that there was tribes at, at each other. And I thought, how would uh, a shaman deal with the trouble that's in our tribe right now? They usually tried to be healers, mm-hmm. and so uh, and they made effigies. They had ceremonies. They used light and fire and uh, tried to heal the tribe that way. And so I started making these uh, fox pieces, and um, each one of them is individual. And uh, I started out just making one. <laughs> and and it just turned into a whole body of work, and it just uh, it it came out so fast. <laughs> One piece worked into the next, and they're all so intricate. They've yeah. got to take a long time to create. I I did that body of work in a uh, little little over nine months. Oh really? Oh, you were working hard. Yeah. <laughs> so his sculptures are. They're really vignettes of an idea. I mean, do do you start out with the whole thing there, or just kind of build on itself, or how does that work? He has a. When you see one sculpture, it's always very complex; has different parts to it. Mm-hmm. Well, there usually it starts out with the figure, and and I do sketches, and I and I write daily. When oh, really? I, when I go into the studio, I write. And that's how I start out my day. So that's how you get kind of the messages out of your brain mm-hmm. that you're thinking about and then mm-hmm. transfer them and translate them into sculpture. Yeah. And then that's there's and then I right. do sketches and they're usually pretty quick quick sketches. Uh-huh. And some of them work their way into being works of art and some of them don't. And I I just feel like uh, you know, you follow your bliss. Oh, now <laughs> you mentioned there were poets in your family. Do you do poetry too sometimes? Uh, and then, I have, but and then get ideas out of that. Or? Yeah, I have a nephew that was uh, University of Iowa in the writers' workshop there, and he was the editor of the poetry magazine. And uh, he's just recently got a job, and he's moving out to the West Coast now. Here, he's oh well, be now you'll have. Oregon. Some- some poetry to interpret in your right. sculpture. Right. Now you use light as another element in your sculpture. How did how did you get started with that? Uh, it, it's a big element in the whole uh, exhibit. Now, how many pieces would you say are in the exhibit that was at the Folk Gallery? There were quite a few, uh, and they all had light boy, as an element. Yeah, they they all do have light and and that golden light that I use in yeah. that is something that I find 
soothing and and kind of uh, uh, attracts you, mm-hmm. almost like a moth. And, it does. And um, and uh, then you get to slowly look at the work. And you look at the light at, first, yeah, because yeah. you get now you keep the 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 gallery was just a little dark, mm-hmm. and you must be an electrician to get all those sculptures wired for light so completely. Um, yeah, not, I wouldn't, I'm not licensed. <laughs> You're not licensed, but it probably doesn't but, take but a I, license. I do know to do, the basics. Yeah, <laughs> to do uh, you know. Uh, the uh, electric uh, lights for uh, a sculpture. <laughs> right. And some of them... You You're know, not wiring houses. <laughs> no. And some pieces that I've used in the past, I've used motors, too. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, like, oh, why don't you explain the one with the covered wagon? Now, that one is really interesting. Well, I did a piece called Rough Road to the Apocalypse. And um, I found this book in a secondhand shop called The Apocalypse Explained. And uh, by Emanuel Swedenborg, and it was written in 1753. Uh, it wasn't published till the 1820s, and Isn't the copy I found it is, and the copy I found was uh, from 1892, I think. Oh wow! Um, and I, I, you know, I stumbled across it, and I thought, oh, I have to have this. And what it was was Swedenborg explaining revelation um, image by image and quote by quote. Oh, wow. And trying to explain what the apocalypse was going to be. So now how does that tie into your sculpture? Well, what I did is I cast the book in um, resin, and I used that uh, for wheels for a covered wagon. And uh, on the front of the covered wagon were two wheels that were crossed so that they were kind of directionless, pulling nowhere. And And they're also kind of funny wheels, too, because they're like square, aren't they? No, no, those are round. Oh, they are. There's another one that has the square wheel. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) but anyways, the, so that's motorized. The wheels are motorized, the books. Are oh. motorized. Oh. So when you push a button, the wheels start turning on the covered wagon and it starts meandering down, <laughs> down towards the apocalypse. But it, it stays it, in place. And behind uh, trailing the apocalypse or tra- trailing the covered wagon is uh, furniture that's been thrown out. And it's, uh, I kind of equated that journey toward the apocalypse. Uh, as the one that the early pilgrims took across the country because they had no idea where they were going. Yeah, it was all trust and faith. About it. Yeah. yeah. So and then and a lot of times along the trail they had to throw out the things that were most valuable for them to get to that next uh, next place in the journey. Yes. So yeah, it's uh, it was such a different world. Yeah. And. Um, your sculpture seemed to capture, you know, a good bit of it. <laughs> well, now, they, they do. I try to use humor in, the, in, in for very serious subjects. Yeah. Uh, you know, this, uh, this tribalism is a serious subject. But I try to use humor to kind of deflate that angst that's going on. 
Now, are your sculptures subject to the interpretation of the viewer or, I mean, do you have an exact interpretation of a certain sculpture that, you know, came out of your mind or, or is it just kind of a general idea or how does that work? Well, you know, it's really funny. I, I love to hear viewers come and tell me what they're seeing because that covered wagon piece that I was talking about, uh, Rough Road to the Apocalypse, a woman came in and she said, Ezekiel's wheel. And I th- I didn't know what Ezekiel's wheel was. And she said, this this is Ezekiel's wheel. Oh, so you didn't even know I, what you'd I created. Ha- I had no idea. <laughs> and it, I, I thought it kind of looked like a nuclear symbol. Oh, oh, okay. You know? Yeah. And um, But I looked it up, and it is Ezekiel's wheel. <laughs> so it's that. a biblical it, reference. And that probably <laughs> is what the guy in the book had in mind, yeah, too, yeah. you know? Well, listen, it's already time for a break. We've been here talking with Tom Germelli about his really interesting sculpture. We'll be right back with more. From new exhibitions to community events, Bellevue Arts Museum is always new, always different, and always exciting. Featuring a school of over 400 glass fish from makers around the world. School, the Joseph Rossano Salmon Project, highlights the plight of global salmon and steelhead populations and recognizes current conservation efforts. See it at BAM from April 12th through August 11th and save the date for the 2019 Artful Event Auction Gala on Saturday, June 29th. Artful Evening is BAM's most fun, festive, and important fundraising event of the year, supporting world-class exhibitions and essential community programming. Get tickets and learn more at BellevueArts.org. Find our app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and take us with you wherever you go. Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Welcome back to Artbeat Northwest. We've been talking with Tom Gormelli about his whimsical, sociopolitical-themed sculptures and, of course, his human-themed sculptures. And um, how does your uh, strong connection with animals and birds influence your sculptures? Well, I, you know, I was, I, I kind of grew up in, I grew up in Minnesota, actually. Uh-huh. And um, when I was young, I lived the life kind of like a Tom Sawyer-ish life. I, I got oh, up in nice. the morning <laughs> and, and uh, we lived on the edge of the city and I would head into the woods or head to the lakes and go fishing. So I was always around nature mm-hmm. and... Um, and I, you know, there's, I, I kind of uh, love uh, uh, native arts and uh, uh-huh. African art, things uh-huh. like that. There's a lot of animals that are used in those sculptures. And, and you're sort of creating your own little, you know, uh, stylistic genre <laughs> American art. And I also like your picture of. The United States, instead of USA on it, it says us. Yeah. And it looks kind of like, uh, yeah, can we hold together? Yeah. Us? <laughs> so now how about your art that you've done with uh, about humankind? Uh, you, you have a whole floor of that too, right? Yeah. In that exhibit. Those, those I, will be the works about my, my father's passing. And he did some pretty amazing things. And so are they sculptural or are they They are sculptural and they're big. Oh, really? They're big pieces, yeah. So have you really been a a working artist for 40 years? Yeah. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about your wife's work. 
I think that her recent project uh, portraying immigrant women is really interesting. Could you talk a little bit to that? Yeah, it, they're really meaningful. And, and uh, so she goes to, there's a couple of places that she's gone to, the Ethiopian community in Seattle. Uh-huh. And, and also she's gone and talked with women at... Uh, the International Rescue Committee? Yes, and they are studying to be citizens. So she was there uh, photographing them and getting ideas for her portraits mm-hmm. um, while these people were studying to become citizens. So there's, they, there's a certain vulnerability to them that's really wonderful, but a dignity, too. And, you know, I think that looking at those pictures... Um, She's captured a real warmth, mm-hmm. like, you need to like these new people who mm-hmm. are coming mm-hmm. in. You know, that's what they said to me. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, that it is a, a great uh, project to have out there to, you know, make people realize that we need to welcome these people mm-hmm. into our communities. Yeah. Well, like it's a good heart. Yes. And she was... Uh, Actually, this is a project that she was actually uh, funded to do by, wasn't it? This for culture. Yeah. For culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they were looking for somebody to do that, and it was a um, very, uh, very good choice that she was able to do that. And then um, another interesting aspect, of, I thought, of her paintings is her beach life paintings, oh, yeah. <laughs> which are just a kick. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, why don't you explain those a little well, bit? Well, we went to um, the last year that our son was in high school. We decided to take him to Europe. And we went and toured Europe for a month. Oh, nice. And uh, everywhere we went, uh, Malika would go down to the beaches because uh, there was just a different attitude there. People were much more open about their bodies. And she has a lot of nudes that are people that, you know, yes. are very open with their bodies. Yeah. I mean, they don't care that you see their bulges and everything. Yeah. And so it's really interesting. Yeah, it is. They have a different attitude and they don't have the hangups. Well, I, I'm sure these are really interesting. We're going to be interested in having your exhibits come back to Seattle in a different museum. Maybe... Maybe the Bellevue or Seattle Art Museum awesome. after. Yes. Where's it going after Iowa? Didn't you say there was another Well, one? there's possibility. We were talking with the director at the Blandon, and he is trying to find some venues. I thought I think he was talking about the University of Northern Iowa and Drake University. Okay. And, well, good luck with yeah. that. But we are already running out of time. So thank you so much, Tom, for sharing your adventures in sculpture. And, of course, a little bit of Malakas, too. Yes. And now, how can listeners go online to find out more and well, see these sculptures? <laughs> yeah, they, they can go to... They're really interesting. ...to uh, www.tomgormelli.com, or sculpture.com is my website. TomGormelliSculpture.com. Dot com. Okay. And they can go to Malaika's is Malaika, MalaikaGormelli.com. Okay. Well, please keep in touch about other exhibitions of you and Malika's work. And be sure to listen every Tuesday at 5 p.m. for Artbeat Northwest. For news and views of the local art scene, I'm your host, Pat Polly, signing off. 
on Alternative Talk 1150. Have a great creative week.